Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the show. On this episode of the podcast, we will be discussing everything Highland Park. We'll go through the history of the distillery, current news, and of course, our personal favorite aspect of the show, the tasting. With me, as always, is my intrepid and brilliant co-host, Andy Kleschik. Andy, how you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm uh, starting to get all my brackets prepped for uh, March Madness. Yep. Starting to get your taxes done. Yeah. (laughs) Starting to work on that. Getting those finished. uh, Sometime probably this week, and then yeah. trying to do that along with March Madness and everything. It's so. a fun time of the year. Yeah, it's, yeah. it'll be exciting to uh, to talk about March Madness once uh, everything starts rolling out here. Um, yeah. But I'm excited for this podcast as well. Um, I know this is one I think you're pretty excited about as you know yeah. too. So why don't we just jump in, Andy? Tell the folks out there everything they need to know about Highland Park. Of course. So formally, it was founded in a uh, 1798 in a. Kirkwall, Scotland, which is on the uh, main island of the Orkney Islands there in the uh, in like the northernmost part of Scotland there. Uh, technically, it would make it an Orkland whiskey, which I guess arguably you could say would fit it in with being a uh, Highlands uh, single malt whiskey, just kind of given the location. Uh, although I think they like to call themselves more of an Orkland whiskey, not a Highland Mm. Um, for clarification of the regions. Um, but these are islands, you know, that are, uh, like they're the same, uh, square mileage as the island of Isla, uh, down kind of in the southwest part, portion of Scotland where, you know, you have Logvulin, um, Ardbeg, all of them. But even though they have that same amount of land, they only have like a quarter of the a quarter of the number of distilleries as Isla. Um, and a big reason for that is just given where they are. Um, I mean, they're very close to the Arctic Circle, just very tough to, you know, live there, but also very tough to make whiskey there as a result. Um, they're actually about the same latitude as, uh, like, Anchorage, Alaska. <laughs> so up there, up there. North. Very, yeah, it can get very cold up there, yeah. for sure. Um, but a huge reason, you know, why they're populated um, that far north and why, um, Highland Park, if anybody has seen their bottles, like why they have such a Viking influence is because the Orkneys, um, were actually originally set up or were, um, settled a thousand, like a thousand ish plus years ago by the Vikings from both Norway and Denmark. Um, you know, which plays of course a huge influence on the brand, Mm. just having that heritage there. Um, and it was something that, you know, just because the Orkneys, those islands were kind of the crossroads for the Vikings landing there and then making their way into like Scotland, Ireland, all of that. Um, it was something that, you know, that helped kind of influence them and everything. And it was something that originally when it was set up, it was set up by a Magnus Jönsson, um, back then in the late 1700s, uh, who originally set up an illicit distilling operations at Highland Park, um, there in that, in the, on the islands. Um, and what they found in, at least initially was, you know, back in the day, like kind of the cooler temperatures. Um, I don't have the, I don't have the translation to Fahrenheit, but like two degrees Celsius to a 16 degrees Celsius, like kind of difference depending on the season and everything really helped them make a, uh, 
like perfect temperature range for um, maturing their whiskey in. You know, there's not the huge swings that you might see in like Kentucky or Tennessee or anywhere like that um, for maturing like bourbons. Yeah. Um, but it was also like because of their location as well as um, just the natural habitat up there, they were able to make a, a very highly peated whiskey um, that, at least for the Highlands, is untraditional uh, for them to really do. Uh, that's more of an Isla thing that they would sit there and do heavily peat. Sure. Um, but it's something that even though they have that, um, use that to dry the malting barley, um, it doesn't really have most of the traditional Scotch, peated Scotch flavors there, just because they use the peat has less uh, like wood in it and more of like more like heather and wildflowers and things like that in it. Um, and those bogs, I guess that they're using are like 4,000 plus years old. Wow. Uh, and then again, kind of like, um, Tomatin that we had last week, uh, they only use four stills Highland park does, uh, and then two different drying kilns to dry out their malted barley. Uh, and most of these buildings date back like hundreds of years. I think their quote unquote youngest building they have is like a hundred year, roughly a hundred years old. Wow. <laughs> and it's something that the way looking at their website, kind of the reason they said that is like, Oh, Hey, we like to keep our buildings around for a while just because of the heritage and everything. Cause a lot of them, if you look at them are like super old, like super, um, like if you looked at like, uh, you know, like the King Arthur films or anything like that, you know, kind of that medieval like stone building type of look that yeah. they have. Um, and they also have 23 different, uh, aging warehouses for their whiskey that they, uh, on site, um, that this then leads all of this leads into their five keystones of production. Um, they hand turn their floor malting. So when they're malting the barley, um, they hand turn it over just cause of the heat and everything. Um, that comes off of it, they find this to kind of be the best way to do it. Um, and they have to actually go in, their guys have to go in like eight, every eight hours, seven days a week, just to, uh, keep the right heat and, and moisture contents in there, um, to get the right amount of sugar contents needed to distill yeah. for them. Wow. Um, and then of course, second one for them is their hand cut aromatic peat that I was just talking about. They use sherry oak casks. Uh, kind of like Tomatin does, and a lot of his scotches will do. They'll use those sherry uh, oak casks. And then longer winters with cooler maturation, like I was talking about, those temperature ranges. As well as, um, you know, cask harmonization. They call it cask harmonization. I'm assuming that means blending. Like the right casks and everything that, together. Right. Uh, and, of course, this goes into a lot of their different um, products that they have. They have a huge range of products. Most of their traditional ones are anywhere between like 10 to 18 years, as well as some like 21 to 50 year old, more vintage releases. And then just like very, varying different like limited releases or uh, like 14 to 16 ish year old um, releases that are meant to commemorate, um, you know, like loyalty of the wolf or, you know, different um, animal spirits, whatever you want to call them, basically. Gotcha. Um, and of course, they also have. They also they're the first and only Scotch that I am aware of that actually. I don't know that you can get it here in the U.S. That might be only available at the distillery, but they're the only Scotch brand that I know of that sells their new make. 
mm. as well. Uh, they put it into bottles. But like I said, they're the only brand that does that. Yeah. You know, whereas a lot of like American whiskeys will do, um, might sell their new make like Buffalo Trace does. Right. Um, but that's more or less everything Highland Park. Just kind of, they're just being such a rough and tumble brand. They really started wanting to commemorate that Viking history, basically. Gotcha. And then you said that new make, that's like the Mad Dog, like the... Like the white mash, is that what you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, the the white dog, like the the new uh, like what we would call in America like white dog moonshine, right? Gotcha. Basically, true. It's just it's pulled off the still sure. and then just put into the bottle instead of aging it. Gotcha. That's what I thought. I just wanted to, to make sure. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Well, um, you everyone knows it's that time of the episode. We're going to. Uh, I don't know if you mentioned what we're we're drinking today. Oh, we're remember. drinking the twelve year old. Yep, we're drinking the Highland uh, Park twelve year old. Uh, with Viking honor, of course, and uh, as so, pour yourself a glass, and as always, uh, we're gonna start with the nose. Very peaty. Yeah, a little bit more peaty than like any other ones, but it's not like, even though it is peaty, it's like it's not like a log of one Ardbeg Lafroy type peat. It's not gonna knock your socks off like those will with yes. the peat. See, I think it is not quite as like Ardbeg. You know, log of woolen type, but I think it's like it's up oh, there though. It's, like it's, it's not, it's, it's not too far behind. Yeah, it's it's very noticeable that yeah. it is there. It's just not as pungent for sure. As those. Is there anything else you're picking up other than the the peat? I mean, for me, I get a little bit kind of like of a like dried cherries or raisins notes in it, something like that, like dried fruits. Yeah, I get the dark fruit. Um, but other than that, like those are the two biggest. Um, notes for me I get a little bit of like the sherry oak um, or the sherry casks note mm. in there um, yeah kind of sure. just a little bit with those fruits but other than that those are the big notes for me on the nose yeah let's give it a taste oh yeah the, the peat and the oak and everything Comes through a lot more for me on the palate yeah, than the it, nose. It does. It's it's very peaty, very oaky, smoky. Um, yeah, it's a lot more. That's a lot of like for me. You get that up front, and then you kind of get it lingers around for a little bit there, a lot more. But again, it's not something like it was saying comparing it to like Lagavulin, Ardbeg, someone you know some of the brands like that. It does not. That smokiness does just doesn't last. And linger around as much. No, I I agree with that. It's very noticeable, but I agree it's not quite at that level. Yeah. All right, folks, that's it from us this week. Make sure you go over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, leave a review, listen to, download, and share every episode of Distilled Discussions. Tell your friends about us. Follow us on Instagram. We really do appreciate your guys' support. Have a great week. Pour, have a great week. Pour yourself another whiskey, and don't worry, we'll be here to drink with you next week.